Woods on my demo. Did y'all boys not get the memo? Welcome to another edition of the Vault Studio Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is James Cooney and I'm joined as always by my co-host, who unfortunately this week had 520 grand stolen by two female acquaintances. It's Lewis Glover. How are you feeling, buddy? <laughs> oh, well, uh, it's news to me that I've had half a million dollars worth of jewellery stolen from me. But other than that, other than finding out that breaking news, I'm doing pretty well. Ah, it's okay, mate. At least you're doing better than Le'Veon Bell. That's all good. Yeah. I, 100% that's an insurance scam. Nah, not at all. I, I reckon he's on, on doing something shady there. Nah, I, I reckon big party at his house. Two girls saying what's up with him. See some jewellery. But here we go. I reckon it was more than 520. I reckon they've like tied him down. They've had sex with him. They've just tied him to the bed. They've just stolen it all. <laughs> Mate, are you just living out your fantasies through the podcast now? Is that, is this, that's what this place has become? Always. Always. A forum for you to just air your dirty, uh, dirty desires. 100%. 100%. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm glad we can uh, entertain. Anyway, this week's episode, we are doing a do not draft list or players to avoid or anything anything like that. Um, we did a way too early mock draft a couple of weeks ago. So uh, we'll do this one this week. Um, we're going to give us five players. Um, Lewis, you can hit us off first. Who are you going to avoid this year's draft? To be clear, the people, or at least I've chosen on my list, I don't know about you, are players I'm avoiding because of their ADP, where they're going being drafted right now. So the first person I'm avoiding is the reigning NFL MVP, Patrick Mahomes. I will not own any Patrick Mahomes anywhere this season. Is there a reason why? Yeah, because his ADP is ridiculous. It's 34 overall at the moment, which for a quarterback is just way too high. Even how good Patrick Mahomes was last season, if he, he first of all, he's not going to repeat that, and I'll get into that in a moment. But it's just, again, the value of quarterbacks in single quarterback leagues, taking taking uh, him there at 34 overall, ahead of the likes of Stephon Diggs, on Johnson, Brandon Cooks, Kenny Gold, like all of these great skill position players. And and 13 spots ahead of Andrew Locke is just, it's just ridiculous. So I'll, I definitely won't have any Pat Mahomes this season. I agree with you there. The quarterback value this year um, goes very, very deep, deep into your sort of 160s. Um, we can find sort of like Lamar Jackson's, Dak Prescott's, Kirk Cousins down very, very late in the draft. Um, it's no point wasting good draft capital on someone who probably isn't going to have the great year like he did last year. Tyreek Hill's not going to be there for a big chunk of it. Um, yeah. Obviously, he probably could be out for the whole year. We don't know. Um, obviously, he's just going to regress. No one's going to have him... Sorry, no one's going to expect him with a big year like he did last year. Some people in fantasy football are idiots, though. That's why I've taken him at 34. Um, look at fantasy football calculator right now. Um, sorry, 31, actually. But yeah, that's just way too high for me. Yeah, <clears throat> exactly. And even if Tyreek Hill does play, let's say best case scenario, he somehow manages to, to skirt a suspension, which you know, hopefully he doesn't because he's a piece of shit. But let's, let's pretend for a moment that, that Tyreek Hill does play. Even if that's the case, the Chiefs' offense scored 66 touchdowns. And this, this, these are all stats from, from Mike Clay from, from ESPN. Each of the five offenses that have scored 58 or more touchdowns from 2009 to 2017 had a huge drop-off the next season. The average dip was nearly 16 touchdowns a season. 
Peyton Manning did it in 2013, Aaron Rodgers 2011, Drew Brees 2011, Tom Brady 2012, and Matt Ryan 2016. There's so some pretty good quarterback company there and some pretty great historical offenses as well. And then on top of that, all of the 30 offenses that have scored 50 or more touchdowns over the past decade, only three increased their total next season. And all three of those teams were New England Patriots teams. And the average drop-off for all teams that scored 50 touchdowns was about one touchdown per game. So history tells us that the Kansas City offense is going to regress. Even if Patrick Mahomes becomes a better quarterback, the rate at which he scored touchdowns was just massively unsustainable. And you're going to see his, you know, his touchdown rate come back. You're going to see the whole offense scale back, and particularly if they don't have Tyreek Hill. ESPN stats and info, Lewis Glover. There, you go. there we go. Love it. Uh, my next... Oh, actually, we've got a group of guys here. I'm not going to draft any rookies at all. Now, I know you've got a big boner for Miles Sanders. I know you want to suck him off. But you've got guys like Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders I talked about, Nikhil Harry, uh, DK Metcalf. A lot of what people are saying in the draft, it's not good for redraft. It's not good at all. Josh Jacobs is getting way too high. I know he's going to be a workforce back in Oakland, and I know he's going to have heaps of touches, rah, rah, rah. But for that value in sort of that 30 range, there's way more people I want to take apart from him. Uh, Miles Sanders, we don't know if he's going to get the number one carry. He's got Jordan Howe, you've got Corey Clement, you've got Josh Adams, you've got a heap, a heap of guys in that backfield who are just... All yeah. bums. All of them bums. And so is Miles Sanders. How do you know he's not oh, a bum? Not. Because <laughs> I've seen him with my eyes. He's a very good player. And the Eagles liked him enough to go and take him in the second round of the NFL draft. That says something, considering they've got all those other running backs on their rosters. They're a really smart organization. They're an analytically driven organization. And they wouldn't be spending you know, capital on a, on a running back that they didn't think could contribute on all three downs. Uh, so. Just because you drafted uh, someone in the second round doesn't mean they're going to be a superstar. Doesn't mean they're going to be a superstar, but it means the team is invested. Yeah, in them. It means a, the team is going to use them. Yeah, but that's why it, people get drafted early as well. People think they're going to be useful, and people think that they're, they're going to actually going to perform. But a lot of them don't. Half the half the teams don't. What is it? Thirty three percent of the first round picks don't make it to the second contract. It's because people. Yeah, are, that's, but, but but yeah, you got to isolate that by position as well. And, and generally, first round running backs get every opportunity to to succeed. Okay, Rashad Penny. Okay, yeah, but Rashad Penny is an, is an outlier. He got injured and then he put on weight and then he got stuck behind Chris Carson who was playing well. Now, when Rashad Penny did get an opportunity to play, he did he performed well. He had a, a couple of really big games last season. I expect him to have a, a much better 2019 season. But you know, he, he's a bit of an outlier. Of course, Ronald Jones was an absolute bust last year. But you look back in, in recent years, running backs who've had high, high uh, draft picks spent on them have, have been good. Uh, for fancy purposes, obviously, Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Leonard Fournette, Joe Mixon, he was, even though he was a third-round pick. Uh, you know, so the, the, the history is there for running backs to, to get usage in the first round. Now, I'm all with you, by the way, on fading rookie wide receivers and rookie tight ends. 100% agree with you. I just don't agree with you on, on the running backs. And uh, yes, Josh J- Jacobs' ADP is getting, is, is getting high. Um, and I probably it's probably getting to the point where I'm not comfortable to take taking him. But Miles Sanders, where he's going far later in drafts. In fact, I'm not even sure he's going. Yeah, he's going at, at 69 overall, middle of the sixth round. That's that's a place where I feel comfortable taking Sanders because I think he's going to get workload based off of everything that the Philadelphia Eagles have done. Look, I'm going to have to disagree with you there. I'm willing to take a running back just on the waiver wire. 
That's where you're going to see my value. That's where I think they're going to perform. You're going to see like guys like Philip Lindsay from last year who's going to take the workload. He's going to impress in camps and he's going to get the number one spot. That's what I'm going to look for. I'm not going to draft someone that could be the number one back like Miles Sanders. I'm willing to... What about... All right, here's, here's one for you going a little bit later. What about Darrell Henderson? Nah, not at all. Really? Nah. So you're not... You're not see, I don't think the Todd Gurley situation is as bad as things, but I'll, t- I'll take... Well, that's why I got Malcolm Brown. That's why they re-signed him. Yeah, but then they went and tr- moved up in the draft to select Daryl H- Henderson, who is an incredibly expos- explosive player. And, and Sean McVay's been raving about him as one of the best offensive options in the draft. I... I there's, there's, yeah, but everyone's going to say that, though. Yeah, everyone's going to say that. Like, oh, yeah. Brown. They drafted someone. Oh, yeah, he's shit. Um, we don't really want him here. We just well, no, of course, of course they're not going to say that, but it, it, the, the, them, training, them moving up to, yeah. to select him with the 70th pick overall, that's that's significant. Yeah, but then you've got guys like Tevin Coleman, you've got Lamar Miller, who's still a shell of himself, but he's still the number one back there. Oh, abs- ab- right. Again, and it's all about value. I'm... I would take Lamar Miller over Darrell Henderson, but I think I would, at this point, I think I would take Darrell Henderson over Tevin Coleman because of the murky backfield situation in San Francisco. So I think I think Darrell Henderson has a more clear path to touches than Tevin Coleman does. Mm, yeah, but you don't have a raging burn like I do for him. For Tevin Coleman? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You do have a humongous hard-on for Tevin Coleman. So, um, I, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll, since, since we are talking about rookies... And you've decided to hate on every single rookie. I will, uh, I will jump to my last do not draft pick because he is also a rookie, and I'm firmly out on DK Metcalf this season. 100 percent agree with you there. He's going 95 overall, so you're using a pick in the top 100 selections to to draft a wide receiver that's got serious production profile concerns. He's had durability concerns throughout college. His route tree is limited. Not to mention the fact that rookie wide receivers rarely hit for fantasy. And when I say rarely hit, it means that they you know, usually don't exceed their ADP. So if he's going as the wide receiver, uh, where is he going as the wide receiver? I have the data in front of me. I may as well uh, filter. I wish Fantasy Football Calculator was a, had a bit of a better filter on it, but it doesn't. That's okay. So he's going as the wide receiver 37. So basically a, a wide receiver three. I think the chances of Metcalf finishing as a wide receiver three are pretty slim. Uh, and I actually pulled some dates together a few months ago looking at rookie wide receivers over the past five years and only about 20% actually return on their on their ADP. So it, it's, it's, it's unlikely that Metcalf is going to um, have a great season this year. Not to mention the fact that Seattle are going to be a run-first team. They were last year. Schottenheim has just come out again and said, we're committed to the run. We are a run-first team. We won't apologize for getting bounced in the playoffs. <laughs> and then, of course, Tyler Lockett is going to be their primary target as well. He's going to be moot. They're talking about how they're going to move him all over the formation. He was outrageously good in the slot last season when uh, Doug Baldwin wasn't playing. And he can play on the outside as well. So I think Lockett is a great asset this year. For, for fantasy but uh, other than that I'm I'm out on the uh, Seahawks passing game yeah we can only do one in one direction and can't sort of you know move to your left and move to your right that's sort of a big red flag there um, obviously maybe in a couple of years time when he actually can develop you know he can stretch and maybe touch his toes and sort of you know develop sort of those sort of skills that maybe he'll be a good wide receiver but right now he's just a deep threat who's really big and really fast 
Um, yeah, I think uh, he'll, he'll have some. He'll probably have a couple of weeks where he's a top twelve wide receiver. He, you know, yeah, he might get a touchdown and 150, 160 yards just off a few big plays. But but outside of that, I just I just can't see it happening for for numerous circumstances. He's not someone you could trust week to week. Correct. And when you got someone like Geronimo Allison going around that range, Dante Pettis, even Golden Tate. Uh, uh, yeah, I uh, like Golden Tate there. I really I know, do. I know you do. Yeah. But yeah, like there's better value out there than a rookie who's probably not going to play much or even do much, except for those couple couple games he's going to get like those twenty point games. Yeah, absolutely. We're on the same page there. Um, so who's your who's your sec- second guy or, or or grouping of players? We can call it a grouping of the Chicago defense. Oh yeah, I'm I'm with you absolutely out on the Chicago defense. Yep, they got well, they score almost two hundred points depending where you go um, on defense. Uh, obviously, we one of the best defenses, but they lose their sort of best player. They lose their mind, lose their, their heart and soul. They lose Vic Fangio. And that's just <laughs> going to do absolute wonders um, for the def- uh, the Denver Broncos. My my defense for the year. Shout out to them. Um, but yeah, you saw if Jacksonville last year, um, they actually fell off a cliff in 2018. Uh, even before like Kansas City, they fell off a cliff in 2017. This goes on and on. Number one defenses don't carry it for the next year it just happens yeah it just it's defense is not sustainable or predictive from year to year mm-hmm. i mean there's there's been plenty of good uh analytical studies by people far more intelligent than i am and it just shows there is no predictability to defenses from from year to year in fantasy football so you know reaching for a defense because they were good last year or they have khalil Mack is just you know it's a it's a bad decision and you're going to end up you know, waste, wasting a selection. The Chicago Bears are going 94th overall at the moment. That's crazy. But I'm not surprised. It's basically where Jacksonville were going this time last year. And we told you not to draft Jacksonville. And if you drafted Jacksonville, you were probably very disappointed. Look, I think they still have a good year, but at that range, no way. When you can find yeah, a defense. I mean, you're, that- asking, you're asking them to have a historic year. You're asking them to have just a absurd year with sacks and turnovers and, you know, a touchdown every game would would be the only scenario, right? Where <laughs> a few sacks and a touchdown every game is where that would actually return value where and they're being drafted right now. You found the Bears defense on the waivers last year. You could find someone like the Colts who could have a huge year on defense. Yeah, the Colts are definitely a sleeper defense this year. They've added some more pieces. They had some really good pieces last year. Um, yeah, definitely like what the the Colts are doing. Obviously, the, the, the Cleveland Browns are being slept on a little bit as a defense. I think there's some potential there. Denver defense, as you noted, uh, and then just streaming options as well. There's always good matchups to be had. There's always a couple of horrible offenses and must-start defenses. So don't be wasting a, a mid-round draft pick on a defense. Absolutely. Okay, who have you got next? I'm coming after your boy, Philip Lindsay. Oh, no. <clears throat> yeah, I just... Uh, going at num- I hope you want to uh, die on this hill. Number 40. Number 40 overall, before Brandon Cooks, the wide receiver won on the... LA Rams before Kenny Golladay, before Robert Woods, Calvin Ridley, any of the wide receivers for the Rams for that matter. David Montgomery, Mark Ingram, Sammy Watkins, Chris God, and the list goes on. Like Philip Lindsay had a phenomenal year last year. He surprised a lot of people. He proved a lot of haters and doubters, including myself, wrong that he was able to keep going. But he suffered a very significant injury. They're talking about him only probably being ready for the start of camp. It's got it's an injury that's going to cause ball security concerns. Not to mention the fact that 
Royce Freeman did look good in parts last season. He's by reports all slimmed down. And I, I just think he's going to be uh, more durable than Philip Lindsay. And history tells us that it's unlikely that Lindsay is going to, you know, continue to have repeated success. I know they're going to want to r- run the football. Uh, and I think they're going to be in a timeshare. Now, Philip Lindsay might have a, a fine season, but where he's going, he's being drafted almost as a, a bell cow back is a running back. He's going to get the majority of the carries. And I just don't think that is going to be the case. And that's why I'm out on Philip Lindsay at his ADP. Uh, I hate you. That's fair. I understand. I hate you as well. So I'm glad we do a podcast together. Yeah, that's fair. Um, <laughs> I just think you're totally out in your evaluation there. Uh, obviously the injury does hurt. Uh, absolute killer. But however, I just don't think that Royce Freeman, everyone, everyone slims down. You're, you're an NFL player. Of course you're supposed to slim down. You're supposed to be in shape if you're an NFL player. Like all those, all those things, all in the best shape of my life. Oh, come on! I've been, I've lost thirty kilos. Oh, I've lost thirty pounds. Rah, rah, rah. It means nothing. You're supposed to be an NFL player. You're supposed to slim down. You're supposed to be fit. Like all, that, all that means nothing. Now, is he, is he valued a bit too high at forty? Yeah, absolutely. I'd probably take him around the fifty range, but I'm still going to take him anyway because I love him so much and I hate you. Uh, <laughs> history doesn't repeat itself. Obviously, he's a smaller back, and obviously, smaller backs sort of, you know, current sort of. Repeat, <laughs> repeat those thousand yard seasons. But I'm all for him. He was undrafted for a reason, and you know what? He worked hard. He was a starting running back. He beat a third round pick for that starting spot. And I think you know what? He's gonna he's gonna surprise you, Lewis. And I can't wait for you to sh- him to shut you up. And uh, <laughs> can't wait to have a beer. You know but- what? I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope Philip Lindsay proves me wrong because it's a great story, and it's also just another proof that's teams wasting high draft picks on running backs is a stupid idea if they can go and get this kid off the street who didn't even go to the attend the combine right and they can plug him in and get production from him if that you know i'm all for it i just don't think that it's gonna it's gonna work out for him i think they're gonna certainly his efficiency is gonna come down i don't think he's gonna go 5.4 yards per clip again and and unless he gets a significantly higher workload to offset that and come down from the you know nine touchdowns is a significant number as well i just i just don't see it i just don't see it but you know i i hope i'm wrong don't get that improved offensive line as well mate Yeah, and that benefits royce royce freeman as well i really do think it's going to be a a a timeshare i think it's going to be body I think it's going to be tight, you know, close to close to, uh, you know, fifty-fifty as it gets. Slim Freeman, as they call him. S- Slim Freeman, as he's known by by his friends. Yes. Uh my next guy is his teammate, Emmanuel Sanders. Over thirty, just tore his Achilles. Got a great quarterback throwing to him, in Joe Flacco. <laughs> Actually, no, Joe Flacco. I can have a good year, but when you when you've torn your Achilles, you can't you can't move. You saw after Marcus Cousins, he's a shell of himself playing the NBA Finals right now. Um, and this guy's over 30. He's getting drafted at 103, which is what the hell? Like, yeah, it's 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 crazy. Some of the uh, some of the players that are being drafted after him, like in that same same range, you've got guys like James Washington, Didi Westbrook. Hell, even I'd start to take a quarterback here and pick up Jameis Winston or like, Philip Rivers. Cortland Sutton's been drafted behind him. Like, yeah, that doesn't that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense at all. I wouldn't touch anyone that's touches uh, it's Tony's Achilles for a fifty foot pole. Yep, I I agree. I mean, and it's a twelve he, it's a twelve month injury. And he did it in what round twelve? Oh, week week twelve. 
Yeah, I think he's going to struggle. He might even start the season on on PUP. It's a, it's a problem. It's a for sure a problem for him. And yeah, based off of that, he's also on my do not draft list. And I'll throw another name at you as well for the same reason is uh, Dante Foreman. Yeah. Now people are saying, oh, he's you know a season removed from the injury now. Running backs don't come back from Achilles injuries. No one they comes just back. don't. No one comes back. Kobe no one come back. Yeah, but particularly at the running back position, in they just don't come back from it. It's such a devastating injury for the for the type of you know uh, movement that they need. Plus, he's behind Lamar Miller, who everyone knows I like. He was a you know a very fine running back who spent his career playing behind trash offensive lines. Um, for you know, um, I just don't think Foreman's that good anyway. So I just can't see the value in taking him. Even in even at his lower cost of the eleventh round, you're just going to be burning a roster spot while you're hoping that he beats out Lamar Miller one day. That's where you're supposed to be drafting Jimmy G, right there. Yeah, Jimmy G, Josh Allen, one of those that guys. That is a perfect quarterback round. You got Rivers, Roethlisberger, Brady, Garoppolo. Yeah, tenth ra- tenth and eleventh rounds is that's where, where you, you go and get that's quarterback money right there. Absolutely. Um, my next guy, um, who's who's going to go here? Alan Robinson here. ADP of 79 at the moment. He's got an absolute trash quarterback of Mitch Trubisky playing with him. <laughs> a bit harsh on Mitch. He's trash. He's not trash. He's I just trash. don't. I just think. I think he's like an average starter. I think he's trash. Think. Thank you, James. <laughs> Look, high white paid wide receiver in free agency. They think he's going to be the, the their guy that's going to help Mitch. You know, sort of develop and um, play good quarterback. He's just not. He's just not a good quarterback. Matt Nagy can't. You know, scheme for trash. I'm just, I'm just sorry. And the person that suffers is Alan Robinson. Now, he, he could be a fine wide receiver playing in a different team, but unfortunately, he plays for the Bears. Um, Look, we've seen him perform with trash. We've seen him have a great season with Blake Bortles. Oh, that one year, everyone was all over him. Even I was. Everyone, that was such a good year. Yeah, everyone was uh, sort of in that smoke screen. Didn't see, didn't see how bad his sort of mechanics were and stuff. 40 touchdowns. Yeah, exactly. James said 40 touchdowns. Like, everybody was behind him. Everyone thought he was the next best thing. Even even you did, Lewis. Come on, who? BB Blake Blake Bortles. Yeah, double B. No, no one thought he was good. It was all garbage time. Everyone, Lewis, come on. No one thought he was good. I'm talking about Alan Robinson had a great season. I think he's a very good wide receiver, and he's played with trash court, performed with trash quarterbacks. And Blake Bortles is is a trash quarterback. Now, is Blake Bortles awesome and hilarious? Absolutely. Is he a starting NFL quarterback? Probably not. He's a backer for the Rams. That's a great spot for him. Is it? Yeah. What a dream job. Yeah. Gets, gets paid a nice chunk of change, hangs out in LA, hangs out with Jared Goff. Sean McVay seems like a cool place to be. I don't think Jared Goff would be a good hang, just quietly. Either Sean McVay, just talking football all the time, really. As if, you, if you're a quarterback, as if you wouldn't want to talk football all the time. It sounds like the dream. Oh, I don't know. I'd just rather be in the nightclubs and sick and piss, doing shots. <laughs> That's just me. Anyway. Yeah, that's good. You'd flame out because you're a That's bum. probably why Black Bolt has flamed out because he's in Jacksonville. Sick and piss. Yeah. Sick and piss, yeah. That's why he went to LA. Like. But yeah, look, I just don't say Alan Robinson, what he was drafted. I think it was around about the uh, wide receiver 20 range last year and he finished as wide receiver 41. So I don't know. I just think the production's there with him. Yeah, and whatever you think of Trubisky, it's there's volume concerns for, for Robinson because you've got Anthony Miller going into his, his second year, who the Bears absolutely love. They 
want to get Trey Burton involved more. Then they also have Taylor Gabriel there. They want to get Tariq Cohen touches. They've just drafted David Montgomery, who they, you know, think can be a three down back, which signals that, you know, Cohen's going to be out there on the field at the same time as him sometimes. So, yeah, I just think volume could be a concern. Uh, and, you know, they're Chicago. They were going to want to run the ball first as well. They are still going to have a good defense. Don't get me wrong. Just because I don't like them for fantasy doesn't mean they're going to be a terrible defense all of a sudden. I still think they're going to, you know, keep keep uh, opposing offenses at bay and be able to to play, run the football and control the clock. So I think they're going to be a low-volume offense as well. So I think there's a, a, a quite a few red flags for Allen Robinson this season. Yeah, I think there's a, there's a few. And Tariq Cohen sort of taking all those sort of touches as well sort of hampers him. Um, now David Montgomery, I think he's going to use a lot of the sort of running running plays that uh, they sort of use in Kansas City. So we'll just see. Absolutely. Uh, my next guy <clears throat> is Eric Ebron. And yes, I know tight end position is a wasteland and trying to get a hold of a good tight end on a good offense is, is probably something you should want to do. But last season was crazy for Ebron. He's currently going as the tight end four, which is 62 overall, way too high. His, his production was all touchdowns. He was tied for second in the NFL with 13 touchdowns, same as Devontae Adams behind only Antonio Brown. That is just not sustainable from, from season to season. And not to mention that Jack Doyle is returning from, Your from man. injury. My man, my man Jack Doyle, Andrew Luck's guy Jack Doyle, whenever Jack Doyle and Ebron were both healthy, Doyle out-snapped, uh, was out-targeted, and also ran more routes than Eric Ebron. So he was definitely the preferred go-to guy. Eric Ebron, is he the better red zone threat? Absolutely. Can you rely on him to score 13 touchdowns? Absolutely not. Could he get, Should he get you know seven to eight touchdowns? Yeah, that's well within his range of outcomes. But when we're talking about uh, predictable uh, volume to, to start week in, week out at that tight end position, if you're, if you're going early, you want something far more consistent and far more reliable than what Eric Ebron will offer going as the tight end four. You want to be going someone like Evan Ingram. You want to be going OJ Howard. Or you want to wait and, and come a little further down the list and, and target someone like Vance McDonald. Uh, Trey Burton, who I just spoke about briefly, even Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper going at the back of the ninth round, 112 overall, is unbelievable value. I actually think Austin Hooper's a very good chance to outscore Eric Ebron this season. Uh, So, yeah, I'm completely out on Eric Ebron at his current ADP. Eric Ebron or Hunter Henry? Who would you choose? Hunter Henry. Really? Yep. And he doesn't ski? No, he's... was basically back last season. Now he's had the entire offseason to strengthen and rehab it. Uh, he's he's the tight end there. He's going to get plenty of red zone looks on a very good offense. Yes, the Colts is going to be a very good offense as well, but Jack Doyle's there. Uh, there's some other, some other mouths to feed. Obviously, T.Y. Hilton's the primary target. They brought in in um, Paris Campbell. They've got a Devin Funches. Hines. Devin Funches, who could forget the the, the goat Devin Funches. So you know, there's, there's a few 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 maps to feed going on over there. Now I understand that's the same in in Los Angeles as well. 
yeah, they are Los Angeles. Send them back to San Diego, please, Roger. But but <laughs> there isn't another tight end competing for those direct targets like there is in in uh, in Indianapolis. Look, I agree with you there. I don't think Eric Greenwood's going to produce the way he did last year. Um, especially going around 61, that's just way too high for me. Yeah, OJ Howard, much rather take there. Hunter Henry, yeah, I'm sort of iffy on still. Even Evan Ingram, um, even though he's playing for trash quarterback, uh, his production's there. He's just a white... Actually, Evan Ingram's not even tight end. He's really a wide receiver. He can't block for shit. Um, even... Yeah, you got better value going way later in the draft at tight end. As he said, Austin Hooper, you got uh, Trey Burton. Uh, even Delaney Walker. Maybe. Yeah, I, Delaney Walker, Greg Olson. If you really want to punt tight ends and go, yeah, Delaney Walker, Greg Olson, Trey Burton, even Chris Herndon. Chris Herndon on the Jets. I know Adam Gase doesn't have a good history of utilizing the tight end position. It's a good history outside, at all. A good history, correct, <laughs> outside of Julius Thomas, but that we all know that was Peyton Manning. Chris Herndon is a very good value. He is suspended for a couple of games, so I don't even think he'll be drafted. He could be a, a waiver wire scoop in week three or week four. Kyle Rudolph, <laughs> this is nah, crazy. He's done. He's later. They, he's about to sign a contract extension with the Vikings. Yeah, he's done. So Jordan Reed, even though he's got had health concerns, 14th overall in terms of in terms of pure talent, he's one of the best tight ends in the NFL. So to get him there, and there's uh, always going to yeah. be someone that's going to come out of nowhere too. Yeah, absolutely. There always is always that tight end. Yeah, Eric Ebron came out of nowhere, right? Everyone thought his career was pretty much over. Mm. So, if if you're not going to invest on a sure thing tight end like a Zach Ertz, your George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, OJ Howard, then you know wait wait a bit. Don't get caught going for the tight end six or seven at that inflated draft cost. Wait for the tight end nine or ten who has the upside to break into the top five in scoring at the end of the season. My next guy, uh, last guy, is Jordan Howard. Uh, obviously got traded from the Bears to the Eagles. Uh, huge backfield, as always talked about. Um, I don't see anyone really in the Eagles sort of standing out in that. Uh, where is he going? He's going sort of around that 69 range. That is wild. I don't know why people are drafting Jordan Howard. The only times I would have any Jordan Howard is in a best ball league because I do think he's going to get some touchdowns because it's going to be a very good offense. You should be excited about the Eagles this year, Cooney. Uh, looking at hamper expectations. I think it's a it's a wide open division. Oh, it's a wide open division, but as we see every year, you're expected to win it and your teams don't win it. It's 50% of the teams that make the playoffs don't make the playoffs. So... And when the Eagles won it, did anyone expect the Eagles to win it? No. Yeah, fair. I just think it's I think it's a, a lot of nice pieces there, and I think they're going to be we scoring do, opportunities. Again, he, and Jordan Howard, if he can do one thing well, it's it's he can fall into the end zone from from close by. He's a he's a nineteen eighties style running back. He's he was born in the wrong era. He's a he's 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 got a very limited skill set. That skill set is very good. He's almost the DK Metcalf of running backs. He's he's Ooh, he's he's yeah, he's like he's good at one particular thing, and unfortunately, that particular thing isn't exactly what is required of him in the uh, in the NFL these days. If John Fox was still coaching, and he went to that team, and bang, he'll be top three running back for sure. <laughs> but unfortunately, it's not the case. Um, and we just sort of we use a lot of our running backs in passing down situations anyway. We don't really sort of run the ball heavy, so yeah, he can't catch the ball. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. But yeah. 
at 89, sorry. That's where it is. 89, not 69. Even there. Like, yeah. I, I'm yeah. not drafting him in like the top 120, 130. Ooh. If I was de- if I was desperate, I'd grab him at the end of a draft as a bi-week fill-in and you're hoping for a touchdown. Like That's what my expectations are for Jordan Howard this season. Hmm. Who would you rather have? Jordan Howard, DK Metcalf, going three spots between them. Uh, I go, I go, um, Would you pass on the pick. I go, I go, Jordan. No, I go, Jordan Howard. I'd and pass, no, neither of them. Yeah, neither I'd ta- of them. I'd, I'd take a know. kicker. <laughs> I go, Jordan Howard, just because of how many running backs get injured each season. And even though I don't think he's got a great skill set, if some, you know, if if Miles Sanders gets hurt and he's got a little hand, hamstring tweak at the moment, which is you know isn't the best, he you know Jordan Howard could still end up with with you know uh, 150, 180 carries and a bunch of touchdowns if if the situation falls out right. Um, yeah, so that's why I take him over over Metcalf, you know, going in the in the similar area. But I don't want either of them. Yeah, fair enough. Don't blame me there. Alrighty, so that would do it for our do not draft list. Um, now we uh, hold on, James. Can you say something? No, no, not going to say anything at all. Don't like us, piece of shit. Anyway, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll go do our mailbag segment. Come on, let's go check the mailbox and see what's in the mail today. Hmm. What's in the mail today? Hello, boys. Hello, James. Now you want to talk. Now I want to talk. I was getting ready to talk and you thought nah, I was going to jump yeah, in, but that's... I wanted to play the drop first. Ah, that's what you want to do. Amateurs, mate. Amateurs. How are we doing? Louis, how are you, mate? Very good. Very good, J.A. How are you doing? Uh, living the dream. I'm just excited to get my voice heard on this podcast because this is the place to be. Apparently. It is. It is. Welcome. Welcome. Is. I've got some questions for you, boys. Hit us up. There, Let's James. start. With Jackson Perry. He sounds like a loser, but anyway. Mm, yeah, he does, actually. Yeah. I'm assuming you know him. That's why I'm getting on board with it. Nah. Oh, God, he's not a loser, then. Nah. <laughs> Jackson you know Perry's what? a nice Jack- young boy. Jackson, don't listen to, to Cooney. He's a fucking idiot. He's a bully. He bullies everyone. He comes in here, he pushes me around. He if I, if I knew him, I'd bully him, too, to be honest. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Okay. Uh, how high should you draft OBJ? Worried there is too much firepower in the Browns' offensive squad and it could drop his value. Um, I'm not scared of the firepower, as you've seen with many offenses in in sort of football. Um, there's heaps of targets to share. If your offense is good, you're going to score a lot. Um, even though Browns' defense is good and it's going to limit some of their, you know, sort of smashing of opponents and scoring heaps of points. Uh, I'm happy to take OBJ because now he's got a good quarterback. I believe in Baker Mayfield and then Eli Manning. Um, I'm happy to take him sort of late first, sort of early second. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think there is a genuine argument for for Baker, excuse me, for Odell Beckham to be the wide receiver one this year, and you know that's over the likes of Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, and DeAndre Hopkins by ADP. They're all pretty close, but I'm I'm so in on the entire Browns passing offense this year um, for a few reasons. Firstly, when Freddie Kitchens took over, as after he uh, replaced the absolute useless sack of excrement that is Greg Hugh Jackson, oh, <laughs> Baker Mayfield had the seventh highest adjusted yards attempt 
in the NFL. So they started letting it loose. He's got an absolute cannon on him. He's incredibly accurate downfield. And they went, hey, you know what? We should utilize this. Go throw the ball downfield. Now, he was throwing to Brashad Perryman. He was throwing to Antonio Callaway, who has got some talent, but he's a, he's a rookie. And he was throwing to Jarvis Landry, who I love. I think he's a very underrated wide receiver, but we all know his skill set is limited. He's not your traditional deep threat. He is very much a move the chains, predominantly slot wide receiver. So Baker has success throwing to those guys. Then you add in Todd Munkin, who's come as the offensive coordinator from Tampa Bay. And he was incredibly aggressive last season. He is an air raid uh, coaching tree guy, loves to throw the football. Jameis Winston led the NFL uh, with 69% of his passing yardage traveled through the air versus only 31% was yards after catch. Ryan Fitzpatrick was pretty high as well. He was 61%. So they like to air the ball out. Odell Beckham is one of the best deep threats in the entire league. He's super efficient. He's made Eli Manning with his noodle arm look good for years. And so you've got a coach who wants to throw the ball, an offensive coordinator who threw the ball even more coming into the situation. You've got Baker Mayfield, who's got a cannon on him, who wants to throw the ball down the field, who's incredibly accurate throwing the ball down the field. I just think it's a magic situation. Cleveland's going to throw, throw, and throw. Yes, I think they're going to have a good defense, but the offensive philosophy is going to be continue to throw the football. I don't think they're going to all of a sudden go to conservative play calling. I don't think that's in their nature. And I can easily see 600, 620, 30 pass attempts for this offense and Odell Beckham Jr. getting 150, 160 targets. I think there's plenty to go around for everyone. Wowee, what an answer. That was a great answer. All right, the next question from Bryce Whitfield, which has kind of been answered, but just do a, do a quick recap maybe. Do you think Mahomes will be as good this year as he was last year or the loss of Hill and Hunt proved to be too much to overcome? Is there any scenario where you can see yourself drafting him? Yeah, if he's around the 70 range, I could draft him then. Yeah, so he would have to fall significantly for, for me to want to draft him. And, and even then... Uh, even at the 70 range, I'd, I'd, I'd probably struggle. Maybe, maybe when you're on the clock, you're actually, I've got to take Patrick Mahomes here. Now, I still think he returns a very good fantasy season. Is it likely that he repeats as the number one QB overall? Probably not. Even if, he, like I said earlier in the show, even if he gets all of his weapons back uh, in, in Tyree Kill and a healthy Sammy Watkins and Travis Kelsey and Mikol Hardman, I just, it doesn't matter. There's going to be some some regression there. I just I just can't can't see him finishing as the, the QB one again. I still think he'll have a very good season, maybe top five, top six, but you don't draft him at the first overall pick. Oh, first overall quarterback, excuse me, to uh you know to finish as five or six. And we saw last year when you everyone drafted Aaron Rodgers so early, how that ended up. Exactly. You exactly that, Andrew Luck. It, it just list goes on like you people you draft number one is your quarterback just doesn't end up well. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. And pe- people will say, and, and uh, credit to the Late Rounds podcast hosted by JJ Zacharyson. He just did a entire segment on drafting quarterbacks, streaming quarterbacks. And one of the, the things he raised is people will say, oh, but if you get your quarterback early, you know, you've got that position locked in for the season. It's just not true. Quarterbacks get injured re- you know, regularly, maybe not quite at the same rate as other positions, but they do get injured. So the 
even uh, quarterbacks who've been drafted as number one overall actually finishes an average of about QB 18 over the sample size that he looked at. So you're not actually guaranteeing anything. You're just wasting a pick by taking a quarterback that early. Beautiful. Uh, we've got uh, two questions from Foul Ball Fantasy. Ooh. They have Ooh. asked, where are you dro- drafting Todd Gurley? Uh, I would be looking at him at the second round. I wouldn't be looking sort of mid to late second round. I wouldn't be going any higher than that. Um, obviously, he's going to be a big home run hitter. Some weeks he's going to have 40 points. Some weeks he's going to have 10 to 0. Um, obviously, this new workload or whatever they're, whatever they're calling it, it's load management. Um, that they've got this plan they've got for him. Um, don't know how that's going to work in fantasy, but yeah, it's just sort of too hit and miss for me. I don't know. What about you, Loss? Yeah, I'm, his ADP right now is 203, and that's like running back oh, three, six, seven. He's going as the running back nine right now. I feel pretty comfortable taking him there. Um, I think if you completely whiff on your first round pick, you going to be in trouble but i think he can survive if something happens to your second round pick and the upside that todd Gurley gives you even if he produces at 80 percent or 70 percent of his workload last season in that offense with the amount of touchdowns that he's going to be put in positions to score if if todd Gurley hits and it isn't as doomsday as twitter and, and the fantasy football world wants to make out right now and todd Gurley is in fact a very good running back still if you're able to pair him with someone, you're drafting at the late first round and you can go and you can get, you know, Devontae Adams or Odell Beckham Jr. and then go ahead and pair him with Todd Gurley. That's crazy. That's a, a an unbelievable start to your draft. Is it high risk? Sure. But if it pays off, no one's going to be able to touch you because that, that combination is just good. That's going to be a league winner. And I, I think Todd Gurley uh, will determine the fate of, of plenty of teams this season. So... My final thought on where I'm willing to draft Todd Gurley really depends on how many leagues I'm in as well. Like if I'm in 10 leagues, I'm, I'm going to reach on Todd Gurley in a few. Too many few. leagues. If I'm in one league, then I'm probably avoiding him just because of there is that high level of risk. But if you've got multiple leagues going on, then yeah, sure. Take some Todd Gurley. Take a chance. Live a little. Sure. You had one more question. Which rookie will be the most fantasy relevant player? What, what? What? Sorry, could you repeat that? Which rookie will be the most fantasy relevant player? Look, I'm going to take Josh Jacobs out of this because obviously that's just the easy answer. Uh, even mm, Kyler Murray sort of standing out, but yeah, for sure, Kyler. I was just think leaning Kyler Murray. I with the offensive scheme that they want to run, with how often Cliff Kingsbury throws the football and. And he's not going to—he's not going to change what he's done throughout his coaching career. They brought him in for a very specific reason. They're going to be doing four wide receiver sets a bunch of times, or uh, you know, very frequently. And with his rushing floor as well, I mean, Kyler Murray could be a top five, top three fantasy quarterback this season. He really could, um, given the volume. The defense stinks. Patrick Peterson is suspended for six games. That doesn't help. So I. I think Cooney, you know, dropped a great name there in, in Kyler Murray. Yeah, even then, though, he's getting dropped a bit too high for my liking as well at 100. Where 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 is he going right now? 100 at the moment. Okay. And uh, presumably that's ahead of a, you know, 
some pretty established quarterbacks. More your guy, James Winston, Rivers, Roethlisberger, Garoppolo, Brady, Cam yeah. Newton. Even even Newton's to be too high. He's going to come with that shoulder surgery and bit bit if you on. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. I think I think again as as a risky pick, I think you could get away with Kyler Murray there. That's but that's I would not take him any earlier than that. But I definitely think you could you could he's worth the upside there going at, at QB ten because I excuse me QB eleven because I do think he could you could go for that top three type finish. But then looking further down the list, and you've got Lamar Jackson at twenty two, or. Josh Allen at 18. Again, these rushing quarterbacks. Dak Prescott at QB 20. It's just so much value there. It's it's unreal. But I think from just in isolation to answer the question, who's going to be the most relevant, I definitely think Kyler Murray has a, a strong chance to... to and that's to, all, the, uh, all, all the eyes are going to be too. It's all going to be all on Kyler Murray. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. That's it for the questions. Thanks for all the guys that got the questions in. They were very good. Apart from Jackson. Yeah. No, I like Jack. You know what? Jackson's got a lot of... A lot going on. You reckon? He's he's, he's a, a person. Yeah. I'm sure he's, he's... a person. He's got Facebook. He's, he's concerned about the Browns offense. He's got normal... Well, he's I he's got he, normal height. I guarantee he cares about the Browns. Probably got some different team. He's probably one of those homers. There's, there's all Picks the Browns every yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. There's plenty of them around. Probably like, goes like, like the, when you went for the Eagles that time. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's it. Thanks for having me on, guys. No worries, James. Sure, sure. Well, uh, yeah, that will do us for uh, this week's episode. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Um, should probably mention as well, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at The Vault Studio. Got to mention those. Got to start doing that. Um, Lewis has some pages and stuff as well. Lewis, if you'd like to tell us about that. Yeah, absolutely. Fantasy Football Down Under on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter, at FF underscore Down Under. If you are wanting to play in the FF Down Under Bowl, you better sign up quick because the last few days have been wild. We've now got 134 people signed up for the of the 180 spots up for grabs. So if you are interested, reach out and let us know. And also the Listener League. If you listen to this podcast, we would love to um, you know, get you in the, in the Listener League. We'd love to play against you. We'd love to interact with you. So yeah, uh, send an email to Fantasy Football Down Under or reach out to the Vault Studio on Twitter or Instagram and let us know that you'd like to be a part of the Listener League. And I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll arrange uh, a cool prize for the winner. So maybe another t-shirt. Yeah, well, t- everyone likes t-shirts, or you know, or a hoodie. Like, Hoodies even better. Maybe we can put together a little pack with a t-shirt and a cap, and maybe some beers from Burnley Brewing. Ooh, but nice. they're not a sponsor of the Fantasy Football Podcast. Yeah, we can get them on for that. Get them we, on for that. We can get a prize. All for right. No, yeah, we can, we nice can p- sort it out. I, I've heard. I've heard it is excellent beer. It is. It's not beer. It's ale. It's a specific ale. There's lots of different beers. There's a lager. There's a pills. I got the thrills for the pills. Uh, there's a there's a summer ale. There's a pale ale. Tropical ale. There's a tropical ale. There's a, a gin beer. I believe a gin beer. The new one that I'm. Excuse gonna, me. Yeah, it's a gin infused beer. It's a brand new one. They gave me. They they dropped it off now, to me today. That sounds like. That will be a good time. I'm gonna try it. So maybe this Saturday night, I might just sit down in the studio alone and just. Try every single one. Play Nintendo I don't 64. want to know what you yeah. do in the studio yeah. alone. Well, there's plenty of room now for activities. I, like, I practice my bowling. Yeah, there's bunk beds in here. My so stretching. Much. Yeah, me, me and James built the bunk beds, but it was really hard because um, our mum said we weren't allowed to use power tools, yeah. so we had to use hand mail. <laughs> it, it was difficult. Also, yeah. you know, Cooney would have just sat there while you did all the hard work. He was just sat drinking beer, watching you, talking shit to you, being a bully because he's a bully. No, he motivated me because he yeah. wanted the bunks. Exactly. <laughs> so You don't understand, Lewis. There's so much room. There's so much room now. 
Well, anyway, Lewis, uh, uh, that will do us. Hopefully, you recover your jewelry back. Um, have a good weekend, mate. Long weekend. <laughs> yeah, you too. Looking forward to it. No worries. And uh, we'll see you soon. Absolutely. Take care. Yeah. Hey, hit records on my demo. Did y'all boys not get the memo?